But with that said, I was going to start off tonight just with having you guys close your eyes and sit in a little bit of silence. Because I know what a day is like. I know what my days are like. Um, I can imagine kind of what your days are like. And I just wanted to walk you through kind of a recap of where we've been the first three times till now. So I want to remind you, as you're sitting in the chair in this room, that you have an exterior, but that you also have an interior. Your center, your spirit, your soul, your heart, whatever word you would choose to place on that space, you have it. It's there. It's not a decision of either or between your exterior and interior. It's a both and. You're supposed to be a whole person, a healthy person. So here at More to Life, we ask the question, how do we approach our interiors? How do we approach our heart? Your heart isn't a button. It doesn't have a switch. We talked about it being more like a seed. You plant a seed and it grows. And with seeds come seasons, inevitable seasons, new territory, there's letting go, there's exciting beginnings, there's death of dreams. And your heart is hardwired to experience seasons with others. That's the good news. You don't have to go through seasons alone. So we're going to give these next however many minutes to paying attention to our heart. Trying to listen to our hearts. All right, you can open your eyes. I wanted to define really quickly, the last time we talked, I ended with this idea that your heart is hardwired for with, that you're supposed to experience your seasons of life with others. With could be coworkers, it could be a spouse, it could be a friend, it could be your BFF, it could be your community, right? It could be fill in the blank. You know you're with. At the last Tuesday, we actually got together and we talked about the talks at our house. Some people came over, and I was reminded that I forgot a pretty big category for Summit County when it comes to with pets. Like, I was reminded very quickly, right? Like, someone was like, well, hey, man, you didn't mention pets. And I was like, oh, I didn't, because I'm not a pet guy. But I watch movies like... Uh, you know, what was the one with the dog that died? What? Yes, Marley and me. Oh, I don't even really like dogs, but man, I was just wiping them away. I have a friend who says he would rather be with his dog than people. And, and like, you know what I'm saying? And like so many people can point back to seasons of their life and say, that's who was with me. You know, and they point to their pets. So I don't want to leave that category out, okay? I just wanted to, I wanted to throw that out there tonight. I want to make sure you guys knew I have a heart.
That's all right. What I want you to know, though, is that when width changes, that often signals or sparks the beginning of a new season. Or when width changes, it's the result of a new season beginning or a season coming to an end. And I want to demonstrate the width changes. So I've put this up here. I put the word becoming, right? You're constantly becoming. You're constantly in motion going somewhere. You are in movement, in motion. This is representative of my life. We won't put an end on it. But let's say the end of it right now, just now. So right in here, I went to college. And I chose to go to a college about four hours away from my home in Decatur, Illinois. And I went to a college where I didn't know anyone. It was crazy, right? Grew up, spent 18 years of my life in Decatur, Illinois. We never moved. My parents still live in the same house. It's fun to go back to, right, and take my boys there and stuff. But I went to college and completely uprooted myself and placed myself in a new environment, and my width completely changed. I still had that you know, fundamental foundation width that I could go back to at home. I could go visit my parents and my sister and stuff. But my daily width around me utterly transformed, completely changed. It's the beginning of a new season for me. After college, I got married right afterwards, too, and had to pull the whole <laughs> married student thing. That was funny. Um, I didn't have to do that. I was, like, successfully out. But so I got married, and again, my width changed. After about a year or so, we moved out here to Summit County. We moved to Summit County, new season of life, and again, our width changed. All of it, all over again. Like, this happens so many times that your width just keeps changing, keeps going. Some of it remains constant, some of it's still there, but the majority of it just keeps changing. We decided that we couldn't live where I was from because if we went there, she would be Phil's wife, right? Like, no new story, no good thing. We couldn't go where she was from because then I would be Ann's husband. And so we decided to move out to good old Summit County, Breckenridge, and start a new story and completely change our width. What I want you guys to get is that width changes. Sometimes it's the beginning of a season. Sometimes it's the end of a season. Sometimes it's the result of a season. But in, this width is constantly, constantly kind of in flux. I want you to get that because width changes for all sorts of reasons. And I want to highlight just a few of those, but I've got a backup in time for you. So back down here, I'm going to call this the shiny rock story. I had a friend named Michael Humes. He lived just down the street from me. We were really good friends until he stole a rock from me. He stole this rock. We used to break things open and smash things in his dad's garage. And we busted this rock open. And it was amazing, right, inside. And so I had the rock, and I took it home, and I put it under my bed and stuff. And I invited Michael over to play one time. And 
my rock disappeared. You know how the story goes. A week later, I go down to his house. I'm hanging out. This is grade school. And he's like, check out this cool rock I found. I'm like, that rock looks familiar, right? Like, and so what do I do? I do what any sane person would do. I stole the rock back and made sure that like he never saw it again, right? <laughs> but if you live long enough, you experience things with people. Maybe someone's abusive with their words. Maybe someone lies. Maybe someone's manipulative. Maybe someone hurts you in a way that you feel like you can't forgive them. And suddenly your with changes, right? This wasn't like some kind of grand new season beginning. Just something happened. And suddenly your with is different. It experiences a change. Right about here, I went out for the soccer team. Seventh grade, went out for the soccer team. It, like, I had a ton of friends who were going out for it, too, and we were like, this is going to be awesome. We're all going to be on the soccer team. It's going to be great. Guess who didn't make it? Bummer. Guess who suddenly was kind of left out and not a part of the group? Guess who was no longer just around people and found themselves developing a new group of friends all because I didn't make the team, right? My width changed. It was altered. It was drastically just figured out for me. Now, let's come up to here. Married, moved to Summit County. Boom. Silas. We had kids, and that changed our width. Didn't see that one coming. Didn't realize that like once you have one of these, your people group changes. Because some people don't want to talk about poopy diapers. Crazy, right? Like, it's very interesting. You find yourself, all of a sudden, surrounding yourself by people who maybe are experiencing the same thing, right? You gravitate towards someone who's maybe in the same season of life. We had kids, our width changed. And then I do want to mention one more up here, right here. We had some friends move. We didn't see it coming, but it definitely signaled a new season for us. And all of a sudden, people who we had spent like our life with here in Summit County, we had really invested in and we had really poured our time into, and they were our width. They moved, and that width has never been quite the same. I share all of those stories because I want you, hopefully, you're thinking about your life a little bit. Hopefully, you're clicking with this idea that your width changes. It's been changing. You've experienced it. Maybe you haven't thought about it that much, but now you're kind of reflecting on it a little bit. Seasons come, seasons go. With changes. It does. And so tonight, we're going to talk about just kind of a slightly different aspect of with because I have to address one more that I intentionally left out. Completely left it out on purpose. Didn't want to mention it until now. But we're talking about when with changes. And so I have to talk about this one because 
God is with us. I want to talk about that just a little bit. Don't get hung up on the word God if that's not the best word, you know? I was talking with someone just last week. They were super excited and awesomely into AA, and they were all about the higher power, and I'm like, yes, dig it. Like, so many words, right? Creator, author, um, source. Whatever words you need to throw on that, tonight, I'm going to say God a lot, but don't get hung up on the word God if that's not the word that you need. But here's the deal. I want to talk a little bit about God with us before we shut the door on with, okay? And then we're going to move on to another topic. But tonight, God with us. And so I'm going to pull something out over here. That's why I created a little bit of space up here. My box. So I had to bring out the box because when it comes to God, I don't talk about seasons and I don't talk about seeds. I talk about boxes. Because I feel like this describes the best way possible. You, you build and fashion and create a box. And you get this box and you learn edges and boundaries and space. It becomes well-defined. You create a framework and you live in the box. It's familiar territory, right? And it feels good. You know exactly where you can't go and where you can go. It's awesome. I grew up going to church. I was very familiar at an early age with some edges and boundaries of how I perceived and how I believed God operated and functioned and worked. And I think boxes are great, and I think they're good, and I think they're appropriate until they no longer fit. Boxes are great. We need them. We have to have them. But when they no longer fit, it's an issue. And I want to talk about that tonight because I feel like once this box no longer fits, you need to listen to your heart. Because your heart is telling you when this box no longer fits. I've got a quick story for you back here before I go to college, right here. I was in high school, and I, I grew up in church. My parents like worked with youth and stuff, and, and they were super involved, and I was super involved. I played the drums, and I went to my church so often. Um, and I learned a lot of rules and formulas and things and, and ways to encounter and engage and think about God. And then I had this experience, and I'm going to actually tell the story just a little bit out loud. I, I don't tell the story too often, but um, my parents were working with students, and I was their son. And so I heard things and was a part of things, and they wanted to check in on students, and so sometimes I became that bridge. It wasn't always the best, but it happened. And I told my dad one time that one of my friends who also went to church was having a serious hard time with this stuff, right? And so it just so happened my dad prayed for this student and his father heard him praying for the student. Is this clear? Okay. The father who overheard my dad praying was the pastor. A week went by, and I got pulled into a meeting. And it was a very interesting meeting for me being in high school. And the meeting went something like this. 
My friend was in the room, my pastor was in the room, my dad was in the room, and I was in the room. And I was point blank asked, did you say to your father that he was, you know, having a problem with this kind of stuff? And I said, yep. And then the pastor looked at his son and said, are you having a problem with that kind of stuff? And he said, nope. And then he looked back at me and he said, you need to stop lying. And if you don't stop lying, boom, 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 boom. And started using things that hurt. It was a very interesting experience, right? So at that point, I decided, you know what? I don't really need this. <laughs> I don't think I need to be wasting my time. I'm like pretty invested here. I'm pretty involved. I don't really think I need God or any of this. And so I chose to disengage and to let go. And I was like, no, I'm through with this. I don't need this kind of with. No way. What I did led to something incredible, though. Because when I chose to let go like that, I stepped out of a box that felt small, confined, restricted, a bit narrow, like it was kind of stealing my life. And I let go, and I stepped out, and I found myself in a much bigger space. It was interesting. And this space felt like life. And this space had different edges and different boundaries. And I created a whole new box. It was just bigger. It was interesting. And I was thriving in that space. Looking back, it was pretty awesome because I let go of God being this person who spoke a lot of Sundays or God being this place that I went to because to me, that was so representative of God. And when I let go of it, I discovered God all over again and God was bigger and God was different. And it was so amazing. That kept happening throughout my life. It still happens right now. I'm amazed that like I've found I get comfortable in this space and in this box. And then when it starts to not fit and it starts to feel less than life-giving or it starts to feel like, hang on, what's going on? If I let go, I discover God all over again and the box seems bigger, more expansive, more inclusive, wider, and there's life there. Now, I've got some stories to go along with that because I don't want to just leave you hanging because I can see everybody's minds turning, like when I say those kinds of things. So uh, I went to Israel, and I lived there for four months, and it was amazing. And when I went there, I had so many ways about how I think about God or how I engage God or the divine and, and what that really is like. And when I went there, I immediately befriended this Palestinian shopkeeper named Suleiman. I don't think up until that point in my life I would have ever befriended this man. He invited me over to his house. I got students from the school that I was at to go to his house. We formed this friendship, and like it was amazing. 
he told me stories that opened my eyes. And suddenly I felt myself stepping out of a box because up until that point in time, I felt like God took sides. I really felt like God had a side. And after speaking and being with Suleiman, <laughs> I stepped out of that box and I found that like, man, I don't know if God's really for me against them. I feel like God's for us. That's different. That's different. Interesting. Interesting. I, at school, man, I, I, I'm going to tell this story. I swear I'll get through it without crying. Um, we came to Colorado, and I was at this private Christian school, and we chose to be a part of all these different things that were happening down in Denver. And one of the things that our teacher wanted us to go to was this protest at an abortion clinic. It was so hard. I already didn't want to go, right, like from the get-go. None of us wanted to. But when I got there, we were standing over here on this sidewalk, separated by a road, and here's another sidewalk. And I'm over here with one of my friends, and I'm watching things happen and go down that I cannot be proud of or a part of. And so I came across the street, and I sat down on the curb, and my friend did too. And pretty soon this woman came up to us and started talking to us. And she was like, hey, where are you guys from? What are you doing here? What's going on? And I said, oh, we're here at the school, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, why aren't you over there with your friends? And I said, because I love God. But for some reason, that doesn't feel like love. And I, I can't put my finger on it. And she said, so what are you saying? And I'm like, well... That over there, that's not the Christianity that I know. And it was like all of a sudden I was transported out of this box and put into another bigger space. And then she goes, can I quote you on that? And I was like, wait, who are you? <laughs> and uh, she was with the Denver Post. And so the next morning when we went out to breakfast at the table, bam, second page. <laughs> There's my words in big letters in the Denver Post this isn't Christianity, and all this kind of stuff. It was so interesting. But I don't know how many times you have in life encountered something or been a part of a moment or experience or a season where all of a sudden when you had to think of the divine or God and you felt like it just wasn't working anymore or you felt uncomfortable or you felt like, man, this doesn't feel life giving to me. It's kind of stealing life from me. Maybe it's stealing life from others. And you're in this moment, but I was taught that if I let go, that that's kind of giving up or calling it quits. When I found out a long time ago that giving up just means I'm stepping out of a box and I'm going to discover God again in a new way, a bigger way, a more inclusive, expansive way. On the other side, and I get it, it's scary. I feel like there's life. I feel like it's open. I feel like on the other side of that wall is something that like, can get you excited if you can just step out of the box. There is a famous um, philosopher who said, God is the no that breaks 
down and into all of our yeses, which is kind of the idea that once you get it all figured out and you get it all nailed down and you're like, yeah, 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 yes, 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 here's what it looks like. To see and experience and feel and engage the divine and for God to be with me, this is what it looks like. And then somehow a wall breaks down or this box falls apart. And that philosopher was saying, yep, that's God. God's the no that breaks in to all of your yeses and says, hey, hang on. The box doesn't look like it fits anymore. It just kind of keeps changing. Two stories, and then we'll move on. Silas was sick a long time ago. My boys, they get sick, and I'm a worrier, and I freak out. I mean, if they've got a high fever, because I run high fevers, they run high fevers, kind of DNA. I'll check like every 10 minutes. Did it go up? Did it go up? Did it go up? Nope. Good. 10 more minutes. Did it go up? Did it go up? Did it go up? And I finally fall asleep when I feel like it's breaking, you know? And it's just a fever. And one night, I was outside, and uh, I had checked, and Sas was running like 104. It was super high. And I was praying. I was like, God, take the fever away. Would you just... Why does he need to have a fever? Like, seriously. <laughs> like, I'm losing sleep. He's losing sleep. Come on. Like, make him better. And honestly, I felt like at that point in time, that's kind of how God operated, right? Like, that's how God should function. Like, I mean, I call this the parking space kind of metaphor. But, you know, when you're driving through the parking lot and you're like, hey, I really need a parking space. God, let me find a really great parking space. <laughs> or you're about to take that test, and it's like, God, I study really hard, man. Let me, <laughs> let me pass this test. My kid's really sick. So you kind of rub the bottle of the genie, you know? And it was so interesting because at that moment, I felt like I was actually stepping out of my box. And I felt like maybe there's something else here to be learned rather than just making someone all better. Maybe there's like some trust issues going on with me. <laughs> Maybe there's something for me to figure out how not to worry and how to trust. Maybe it's about me being with my son while he's sick. Ah. Maybe it's not just about patching someone up and making sure they're all healthy. Maybe something's going on in the with while the bad thing is going on. And I think that's something really hard to hear, which leads me into my next story. When my mom was diagnosed with lymphoma, I just wanted to, like, shut down. And, like, all I could pray over and over again is, take it away. <laughs> you know, like, get it out of there, get it out of there. And there were huge issues for me. Sometimes you bump up against things, and it tests you about your box, right? And it's an invitation to step out <laughs> or to hold on. Here's what I would say to you guys. When with changes, my advice to you, let go. Let go. Because I think you're heading into new territory. And I don't want you to be afraid to let go. There's life on the other side. It's super scary. But I don't know if you've ever felt that kind of stifled, barely hanging on, like it's robbing you of joy concerning God. 
I've seen so many people experience it. And so many people throw their hands up in the air and be like, I'm done. And I'm like, good. Because <laughs> you're going to find what's on the other side of that box that you're in. I went to this college, and my president at the time, my freshman year, he was amazing. And he said this time and time again, so it was staying in my brain. But he said, I talk with people all the time that say they don't believe in God or they don't care and stuff. I always ask them, why don't you tell me about that God you don't believe in? Because I probably don't believe in that God either. It's funny. I feel like what he was saying is, I get it with changes. Tell me about that box. My guess is I've probably outgrown it too. Right? A couple things I wanted to say about where I find myself right now to hopefully like expand the horizon a little bit. I don't find myself asking the question, where is God anymore? I find myself asking the question, where are we? Because I feel like this fun little stack of penguins. And here's the thing. You've heard probably, at some point, you've probably heard me say, like, my story, our story, God's story. I talked about it last year at MTL. But I feel like there's all these things happening. And when you get down to it, I'm probably the smallest penguin in here. It keeps going, but you get the idea, right? <laughs> and then as you stack these on, out here, that for me is like God. The question isn't where is God. The question is where are we? And I always find myself saying we're in God. That's pretty cool. Like we're here, and now what we get to do is participate in this story. We get the chance to be a part of something. It's not about getting it right or figuring out what to believe as much as it's figuring out how are you going to live? What are you going to do to contribute to this story? How are you going to take the next step forward and pull this thing forward here as we go through this? I find myself less and less concerned with right belief and figuring out what that good life looks like. I always had students for 15 years in this community ask me, so what do you really believe? Because I don't say it out loud a lot. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, OK. If we're going to talk about that, I'll tell you. But here's the deal. If I'm going to tell you, make sure you ask me again next year because it might be different. You know what? Better yet, ask me next week, <laughs> right? Because I'm continually stepping out of boxes. And I'm hoping that I'm growing, and I'm moving forward, and I'm expanding. And my definition of God and how I think and perceive and engage and encounter the divine, I want to be moving forward. God is less like an object to me, something to be studied or learned, and it's more of this kind of participation or experience. And so what I find is this. I heard someone recently tell me this. They said, ah, forget about loving God. And I was like, all right. So what then? And they were like, you already know. I was like, yeah, I do. Because I see a lot of people around me that I can love. And in loving them, I'm loving God, right? I don't know what your next step needs to be or how your box needs to grow. I just want to encourage you when with changes, let go. I fully believe and trust that you'll be okay. I know it. 
And I would ask that you just start stepping forward. You look around, you, you experience this life, you start by chasing after, in my opinion, life. I would say go toward life. I had a student tell me they graduated and they left here and they were trying a church out and they went to Sky and he came back and he was like, Phil, seriously, I can't keep going there, man. Oh, every time I go there, I feel so horrible. And people are telling me this and blah, blah, blah. And I just looked at him and I said, you know what? You need to go somewhere else. <laughs> like, and like now, yesterday, seriously, God cares about you. God wants you to thrive, you to live, you to move forward. And sometimes the boxes that we find ourselves in are the opposite of that. It's dangerous. I would say pay attention. I would say listen up to your heart. Listen to your heart. I want to leave you with one of the many names given to Jesus. One of the many names given to Jesus was Emmanuel. And it literally means God with us. I love that idea. I love the idea that our with is going to change. It's going to change. But God with you won't. That God will always be with you. But perhaps how you understand and engage and encounter and experience God should be changing. I would say expect it to. Welcome it when it does. Don't hang on. Let go. Let go. So until next time, here's my prayer, hope for you. Seasons come and seasons go. And when your width changes, when your box feels too small, too narrow, or it simply doesn't fit anymore, let go. When width changes, let go and move forward because new life is on the other side. May you discover in letting go that God is always, always with you. Even in this new territory. God be with you this week. And may God lead you to wide open spaces. With new edges, different boundaries, and more life than you dreamed possible. Amen. Spiritual talk. I get it. I hope you guys can sit and think about the with concerning the divine. Um, I bump into people all the time that ask interesting questions, right? And in the end, like, I just read something the other day, and they were talking about two people arguing about the existence of God, which is just so tired, isn't it? And then it's like, it was, it was this conversation, and, and one was saying, like, look at all the good things. And this guy was saying, look at all the bad things that happen, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, wait, what I hear under that is a common concern for humanity. I hear a flow forward, which is something that I've been reading about recently, and you guys hear me talk about a flow a lot, but the idea that we pursue freedom, justice, righteousness, love, peace, beauty, those things, and we continually fall short, and when we do, we rethink it because we can be better. That's how a lot of people experience and engage and encounter God right there. I have a friend who says that's the
the essence of God for them. And I'm like, yeah, right on. Because we're being pulled forward by something. Where do you get those notions of beauty and peace and freedom? Where do you get that we could be better at it and that we should be better at it and that we should work toward that? Join the flow. <laughs> get in the groove. Make it happen. Anyway, thank you guys for being here. Two weeks from now, I think, we're going to be back and we're going to be talking about the concept of um, what do you fill your schedules with? What do you fill your lives with? Ultimately, what do you fill your hearts with?